welcome to the Faith Heights Church audio podcast. We pray that this message will bless you and feed your faith as you listen in today. turn to Proverbs chapter 24 and we're going to continue talking about some things we talked about last week. Um, last week was a little different for me. I don't know if it was different for you, but it was, it was good. Proverbs chapter 24 and we've already prayed for the service tonight in our prayer meeting at 615 upstairs. So if you want to join us for that prayer meeting next Wednesday, we meet up in the studio at 6.15 to 6.45. And um, it's a prayer meeting for half an hour. This Sunday morning, and from Sunday, every Sunday morning from now on, we're meeting at 9.15 to 9.45 for prayer in the youth room. And then we'll have our service here at 10 o'clock. So everybody that's in agreement with the prayers we already prayed, say amen. amen. Look at Proverbs 24 and verse 10. Very interesting word here. God through Solomon says, if you faint or give up or lose heart in the day of adversity, when things get tough, your strength is small. This scripture here pinpoints a problem that can be fixed. How many glad small strength can be fixed? How many of you glad you don't have to faint next time an adversity comes your way? You can stand strong, overcome, turn the mess into a message, the test into a testimony, the lemon into lemonade, right? How many of you are glad you can do that? And a lot of that has to do with growing stronger. So we've been talking about for the last three weeks, this is our fourth week, on victory or deliverance through the process of growing up spiritually. We, we believe in prayer. We believe you can get delivered through prayer. We believe you can get healed through prayer. But I found out a lot of people don't stay free after they get free. And there's no substitute for growing up spiritually. When you grow up spiritually, you learn how to hold on to things you got from the Lord so the devil can't knock it out of your life. When you grow up spiritually, you get stronger in faith. You know how to uh, uh, discern the counterattacks of the devil. And you can put your foot down and say, shut up, devil. I was healed. You take your little symptoms and get out of here. As you grow up spiritually, you learn more how to operate as a child of God with authority and power over all these forces of darkness. It's very important to learn that. Um, you know, you don't have to wish that the devil would leave you alone. You could grow in knowledge on how to resist him successfully. You can grow up in knowledge how to resist him successfully. You don't have to wish it was easier. Become stronger. Amen. Right? You don't have to wish it wasn't so mind-boggling. Grow in wisdom. You don't have to curse the cold. Put on a warm coat. Right? I mean, we can grow stronger. There's no limit to how strong we can grow in faith, in grace, in love. And just spiritually, there's no limit to how strong we can go. God didn't say, this is as strong as you can get in my word. This is as strong as you can be in faith. No, he put no cap on it. This is very important because some things we won't get through prayer that only growing up spiritually will bring into our lives. 
And we've talked about a lot of things. There are so many benefits to um, growing up spiritually. I do feel like the Lord said, stick with the title. Deliverance and or victory in our lives through the process of simply growing up spiritually. And the thing I like about deliverance and victory that way is you're more prone to stay free once you get free because you didn't just get a blessing, you grew stronger in the process. And remember this, church, when it comes to spiritual growth and natural growth, there are some similarities. Spiritual growth, you have to realize this, aging does not mean you're maturing spiritually. Just because time's gone by didn't mean you grew up. Just because you grew old doesn't mean you grew up. As a matter of fact, there's a lot of spiritual babies and children in adult bodies all around us today in the church. I'm not saying here, okay, I'm not saying you analyze yourself, you discern where you're at, but there's a lot of people that look aged or, you know, they, they look mature on the outside, but on the inside when it comes to spiritual warfare, walking in love, being patient and kind under pressure, right? Not gossiping, not criticizing, not getting offended. On the inside, they got some growing to do. And we all have growing to do. Nobody's arrived to full maturity yet. This is going to be a process probably throughout all eternity. But here it says, if you faint in the day of adversity, your strength is small. Well, small strength can be fixed. But you're going to have to acknowledge if that's the problem, that's the problem. Some of the best advice we'll ever hear is what? Grow up. <laughs> really, if you're struggling with a habit or if you're struggling with something that you know, you, you know you should be overcoming and something you know is wrong, some of the best advice you'll ever get is not what you're going to want to hear, but it's going to be grow up and stop it. No, not, not stop it. Grow up and stop it. We're not telling people this. We, we can't tell a baby just to stop, you know. Stop falling when you're walking. Stop falling. No, keep going, keep growing. You're going to make it, right? <laughs> How many times do you think we should put up with a baby falling as they're attempting to walk? How many times do you think we should put up with a baby? They keep stumbling. Right, until they start walking. And here's another thing when it comes to spiritual growth. And, and working out your own salvation and stumbling and falling and getting back up and stumbling and falling into things you know you, sh- you shouldn't be into and get back up. Here's something the Lord told us a long time ago. When it comes to falling down, like messing up again in the area of a habit and when you thought you had the victory or whatever, when it comes to falling down, God doesn't see failures. He sees what? Learners. We need to see ourselves that way. But you know what the Lord told me just recently? He said, son... I, he said, he quoted to me like he says, I don't see failures. I see soldiers in a war. So you think, you think you're a failure. You think you're no good. You think this and that. And God says, you're in a war zone, guys. You live in a fallen world. There's demons all around. Your body's not fully saved yet. And God's basically saying, get up, soldier. Everything's going to be all right. You're in a war zone. You're in a battle. I don't see failures. I see soldiers. There's mud, 
There's ditches, there's rain, there's bayonets, there's bullets flying, there's bombs going off. You may fall over, shock of a bomb or a concussion or whatever, they throw you away. That doesn't mean you failed, it means you're in a war zone. And it means your flesh and your, the devil and demons. All this stuff is arrayed against the righteous you on the inside. And you just have to not look at yourself as a failure. Because if you see yourself as a failure because of you're not overcoming yet certain sins and habits, you're not going to go forward and break through because you can't see yourself as a failure and win. you got to see yourself as a soldier in the midst of a bunch of war zone. And you're just going to do your best to get through it and praise God all the way and claim the victory. All right. Can you say this? Small strength strength can be fixed. fixed. Um, I'm just going to quote this to you because I don't want to emphasize this real strong right now. But let me well, let me go ahead. First Corinthians 14. I'll show you. Lord, check me on that. First Corinthians 14. I'm going to show you one thing you can do to grow stronger spiritually and not be so prone to faint in the day of adversity. One one thing here, this thing you can do on a daily basis, you can do it throughout the day. It's one of the greatest things you can do to build yourself up. Man, I don't, I don't know. I, I, I'm sure throughout all the millennia that we've been here, mankind has been here, we've always needed to be strong. But man, it seems like today it's like the culmination of all things. You know, evil is getting more evil than ever. There's 8 billion people on the planet, more than there's ever been. It's like if we ever needed to be strong, it's today. And we have, we've always needed to be strong, but it's very, very vital in these end times to have spiritual strength to even meet the challenges that are coming against us. So in 1 Corinthians chapter 14, I don't want to go through this series and not weave in and out things we can do present right now to get stronger. So if you look at 1 Corinthians 14 and verse, Let's look at verse 2 through 4. We want to get to verse 4, but look at verse 2 through 4. He that speaks in an unknown tongue, Paul said to the church, uh, you're not speaking unto men when you speak in tongues, but you're speaking unto God. So this is a form of prayer that God's given us. For no man understands him while he's speaking in tongues. However, in the spirit, he's speaking mysteries. One translation says divine secrets with God. But he that prophesies speaks unto men to edification, exhortation, and comfort. Verse 4. He that speaks in an unknown tongue edifies himself. Think about that. He that speaks in an unknown tongue edifies himself. Does anybody have any other translation for the word edify? Builds up? Strengthens? And I believe the original Greek language that this was translated from has the idea of charge up like a dead battery. Now, they didn't have batteries back then, but charge up like to to, to get it ready for further use. Uh, Maybe something got drained and it needs to get charged. This scripture here says, how many know you're going to get drained in life once in a while? Problems and storms and unlovely people and financial problems and habits that are bothering you and Fear and all. How many know you're going to get drained at times? Aren't you glad there's a way to get charged up again? Oh my goodness, aren't you glad? One of the best things the Lord's given the church in the dispensation we live in is the ability to speak in tongues anytime we want to. 
Paul said, I will speak in tongues. I will speak with the understanding also. This was something you can do as an act of your will once you're filled with the Holy Spirit. And so this here, if I could give you personal testimony after testimony after testimony after testimony. There are many things I personally and Carl and I as a married couple and this church would not have made it through had we not had the edification that praying in tongues gave us. It's a spiritual edification. It's something that happens on the inside. Actually, what happens is you pray in tongues, you go past your former breaking points. You know what I mean? The Spirit of God helps you go past where the strength levels you used to be at. You get to the breaking point and you don't break. Praying in tongues is amazing. It does great wonders for your insides. And when you're filled with the Holy Spirit, after asking Jesus to fill you with the Holy Spirit, the initial evidence is overflow. You start speaking in tongues, not by force. This is something you do. Believing the Holy Spirit is going to be right there to give you the language. And then it's something you do every day of your life from that point forward. Do you ever notice the scriptures? There's like two or three of them. The Bible says praying always. <laughs> How are you going to do that if you can't pray in tongues? Because you're not always, you're going to run out of things to pray about with your mind. But the Spirit of God knows about things your mind doesn't know about. And when He helps you to pray in tongues, you're way past mental limitations. You're now getting down to the roots of problems, to the core of issues, and you're building yourself up in the process. So look at Jude, the book of Jude, just before the book of Revelation. I know this sounds wild and you may not believe me if you say it, but I personally, Carla, I don't think we would be here today if it wasn't for praying in tongues. The things that have come against us individually as a church, things that have come against us in the married, married marriage area, we have made it through stuff you are not supposed to make it through. The Lord has strengthened us on the inside. For, so, for some reason, we didn't quit when everybody else around us did. For some reason, we kept moving forward. It's not because we're any better than anybody else. We just maybe been praying in tongues a little more than some people. Here's the key. Pray in tongues when you don't seemingly need to. And then that strength will be there when you need that strength. I know for sure there's times we, we pray in tongues ever since we've been married. I mean, 37 years. We, we've been praying in tongues every day of our life. Every day. Sometimes more than others. But every day we, we pray in tongues. I can't remember a day I've, I've not prayed in tongues in the last 37 years since I've been filled with the Spirit. But I know we prayed things out 10 years before we needed the power. And then 10 years later, after all hell broke loose, the power was there because we've been praying in tongues all of our life. We've made it through things, didn't have to get on any medication. You know, and nothing wrong with medication. You understand there's nothing wrong with that. But through some of the things we went, didn't need any anxiety medicine, didn't need any calm me down medicine. We just moved forward, kept praying in tongues. And one reason we made it through is because he that speaks in an unknown tongue builds himself up. When the storm hits, you're no longer weak. And you don't faint in the day of adversity because your strength isn't small. And don't go looking for feelings to see if it works. This is a spiritual strength. This is something on the inside of you that refuses to quit when all pressure says you should quit. So praying in tongues is amazing. Jude, he pretty much says the same thing here. The brother of Jesus. He said in verse 20, But you, beloved, building up yourselves on your most holy faith. How? Praying in the Holy Ghost. 
Oh, guys, you see this? Now do you know why the devil wants you to think praying in tongues is weird? Now do you know why the devil wants you to think, oh, praying in tongues is strange and all this gibberish? Do you know why? He, does, he wants you weak. He wants you frail and he wants you fainting when things get tough. I mean, did you ever, did you ever wonder why? I mean, there, there are people that will say speaking in tongues is of the devil. That's the devil telling them to say that because the devil knows if I can scare people away from this, they'll be weak. And then when I attack them, they will fall. I mean, if, if you were the devil, what would you attack? You'd probably attack the source of people's strength so that when he attacks them, they're too weak to resist. Praying in tongues is amazing. Building up yourselves. How? Praying in the Holy Ghost. What does that mean? It means praying in other tongues. It means praying in other tongues. As you speak in tongues, the Spirit of God helps you and turns it into a language. And praise God, great things happen. One of the great things is you get stronger. I mean, one of the, you know, there's a lot of people that are doing bad things, but they're not bad people. They're weak people. They're, they're, they're weak. They keep giving in to bad things, not because they're bad. I mean, they hurt when they do it. They say, oh, God, forgive me. They just cry. And, but you know what? Crying doesn't fix everything. You have to get stronger. You have to pray in the Spirit. You have to pray in other tongues because there's stuff around the corner you need to be ready for. Your marriage needs to be ready for. You know, I some people, I'd say, I can't handle it. I'm out of this marriage. If you were praying in tongues, you could have totally handled it. If you've been building up strength, praying in other tongues for months and years, you could have totally handled it. Well, I just can't forgive them. I just can't forgive them. Well, you would have been able to if you would have been praying in tongues. You would have had total ability to forgive them because you're stronger when you're prayed up. <laughs> right? We look back and I go, Carla, what? How? What? How? And the Lord keeps telling us, well, you pray in tongues every day and um, <laughs> you just refuse to quit. But I don't think we'd have that refuse to quit attitude if we hadn't been praying in tongues every day. All right. Is that good for you guys? And um, at the end of this service, for anybody who's interested in what the Bible teaches on being filled with the Holy Spirit and speaking with other tongues, we have a free booklet we can give you. So before you leave the auditorium, just come forward. I or an usher will get you those books. We want to give it to you free. I think we have the book, Why Tongues, right? Ten reasons why every believer should speak in tongues and how to be filled with the Holy Spirit. It's time, you know, it's, it's time. I'm getting kind of narrow-minded these days. I want to see people saved and filled. If we do that, people will vote right. If we do that, people will want transgenderism. If we do that, people will do right. If we want, you know, you know what I'm saying? If we can just get people saved and filled with the Holy Spirit, we won't have all these other problems. And I emphasize and being filled with the Spirit because there are some still, still some cloudy believers who aren't filled with the Spirit that are slipping into some things they shouldn't be slipping into. So saved and filled. That's, that's our focal, focal point from now until Jesus comes. Let's get people saved. Let's get people filled. And there'll be no problems. Yeah, but what about those voting machines? What if there was fraud going on? Well, get the people saved and filled and they won't want to cheat anymore. Amen. <laughs> okay, moving right along. Turn to Ephesians 4. This is something else I wanted to show you concerning how to, to be strong and how to stay strong, how to get stronger. In Ephesians chapter 4, it's the heart of every parent, it's the heart of every mom and dad that their children develop and grow up properly. That there's no stunting of growth, that there's no 
uh, hindrance in their you know, learning abilities. It's the heart of every parent that their child's healthy and that they develop properly. I mean, just, just any, any parent, even evil parents want that for their kids, right? And so this is the heart of God. And so he talks a lot about this through all the New Testament, about growing up spiritually. And we touched on this. Look at uh, verse chapter 4, Ephesians 4. And let's look here at verse 11. The Bible says when Jesus was risen from the dead, he gave some apostles to the church. And he gave some prophets. In other words, he empowered men and women to operate in these offices for the church's sake. And he gave some prophets and he gave some evangelists. He gave some pastors and some teachers for the perfecting or the building up or the equipping of the saints. That's all Christians. So they could do the work of the ministry. We all have a ministry. For the edifying of the body of Christ or the building up of the body of Christ. Till we all come in the unity of the faith, which hasn't happened yet, have you noticed? <laughs> and of the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect or mature, complete man, unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Now look at verse 14. So that we from now on be no more children. Talking about spiritual children because these were physical adults. He's saying it's God's will that we from now on, by these apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers, connection with the church, involvement in the church, so that we are no more children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of teaching by the slight of men and cutting craftiness whereby they lie in wait to deceive. But we need to be speaking the truth in love that we may grow up into him in all things, which is the head, even Christ. Couple interesting thoughts here. I want you to notice verse 14. It says that uh, we are to be no more children from now on and um, tossed to and fro. So we see a, a trait of a spiritual child is that we are tossed to and fro, unstable, have problems staying rooted, have problems being committed have problems, you know, seeing it to the end. And this is a, this is a trait of, of a younger believer, a child it talks about here, is that they're tossed to and fro. What are they tossed to and fro by? What, what should we be on guard for so we don't fall in this bracket of being immature, childish, and moving beyond where we know the Lord originally called? Not that there's never time for move, because sometimes there is, but just you know, make sure it's the timing of God and not excitement. And so here he says that we're tossed to and fro, people are tossed to and fro, carried about with every wind of teaching. He didn't say bad teaching. Uh, the devil knows you won't fall for bad teaching. Right? So he's saying here, Watch out about anything that you sit and listen to that might alter something original that God wanted for your life. I submit we need to be more on guard for the good than the bad. Do you know what I mean by that? The good as far as this is good, but is it God for me? I know this, something the Lord had to show me a while back, is that 
I had I realized that there was a lot of great teachings and Christian books and Christian literature all around me. I'm talking I'm talking I could gorge myself, right? I could just, you know, overdose on so much good teaching, but what good is that if it's not in line with his calling on my life? See, it's totally great, wonderful to be a dentist. But if you want to be a good dentist, you're going to have to resist studying books on brain surgery. Is brain surgery good? I said, is brain surgery good? It's wonderful. But if you're called to be a dentist, what should you spend your time with? Right. Does that mean brain surgery is no good? No, it just means that's not what you're called to. Are you listening? And see, this is an interesting area because knowledge puffs up. I mean, we could have so much knowledge. We could have such a big head and a big, so much knowledge on the inside of us. But it says knowledge puffs up, but love builds up. Love edifies. There is more important things than knowledge. Knowledge is powerful. Don't get me wrong. But knowledge only. So what? You know more than somebody else. And this is a very sly area. Now, the devil is super subtle in this area. He knows for many people he cannot get them to backslide away from Jesus. Does that mean he stops all his attacks? Does that mean you've overcome and don't have any more problem with the devil? Or does that mean you need to be a little more keen to how he's going to come against you now that he can't get you lost anymore? If he can't get you lost... He'll try to get you off of the path that's God's perfect will for your life with teachings. With teachings. Winds of teaching. Something blowing in from, whoa, I've never heard that before. What about your commitment? Well, I don't know. I'm just, this is amazing. Well, what about your, what about your original call? What about... I mean, I don't know how many people we've told us, Carla, that said that they, they said they had a dream. The Lord showed this to them. One person from hundreds of miles away said, the Lord told us to come to this church. We, we are coming here. This is the will of God for our life. And they came here. Something went wrong. They didn't get their way and they're gone. <laughs> or another teaching came their way and they moved into a different camp. <clears throat> You know, one thing interesting about the Lord is that when we veer off of his perfect will for our life, he doesn't stop loving us. But don't think that just because he loves you, you're going to experience the full inheritance on this earth either. Um, here's something we have to remember. God won't stop blessing us when we veer off. But he'll only be able to bless us as far as he can. There's a full blessing and there's a far as he can blessing. There are just some things he cannot support. There are just some things he cannot pour everything into because it's not his perfect will. God is not obligated to pour full blessings into our life when we're on a road he never told us to be on. I'll say that again. God is not obligated to pour fullness of blessings into our life when we're on a different road than what he called us to be on. And this scripture, you know, this is something I feel like the church needs to hear, especially in these last days. There's all kinds of stuff pulling on you and pulling on me. And we need to grow up and realize and, and be on guard for the good stuff. Wind of doctrine. He didn't say bad doctrine. 
Actually, you want to see an interesting scripture? Go ahead and turn to Romans. Um, I believe it's Romans 16. Back up just a couple books to Romans 16. It's interesting how crafty the devil is in this area. We, we have... Um, I'm not sure we have... I don't want to use the word respected enough because I don't, I don't respect the devil at all, but I don't know if we've discerned clearly enough how tricky and how fascinating the devil really is. The word serpent in the book of Revelation where it says he's called the great serpent, the dragon, <laughs> and then people do these paintings of a dragon with fangs and saying this is the devil. They're not explaining what the devil looks like. They're explaining what his nature is, what his, what his character is. His, his appearance is absolutely stunning, bright, beautiful, but his heart is demonic and just wants to kill, steal, and destroy. This is where people get messed up. They think, oh, that feels so right, but it's not in line with Scripture. Yeah, but it feels so right. They're being totally duped and deceived by the angel of light just because something feels wonderful, seems wonderful. I mean, come on, guys. <laughs> the enemy knows we're not going to fall for pointed tails and pitchforks. The book of Corinthians says that Satan himself transforms himself into an angel of light. Showing us everything that feels bright does not mean it's right. Everything that seems bright, everything that feels right doesn't mean it is right. What's right is the book. What's right is the Spirit of God who lives in you, witnessing to you this book. That's what's right. And I'm telling you, the devil, he will make it feel so wonderful to walk away from where you're supposed to be. He'll make it feel so wonderful. He'll make it feel so bright. And all along, you're walking away from something that God really had for your life. And you'll think, wow, this feels right. This can't be wrong. It feels so right. It could be totally wrong and feel so right. Do you know how many people are in hell today because it felt right to just reject Jesus and do what they wanted to do? It just felt right. Well, it didn't work out for them real good. <laughs> right? you got to watch your feelings, man. Your feelings aren't saved yet, Christian. Your feelings need to be controlled. The Bible says, crucify the flesh with the affections and lusts thereof. Get a hold of yourself. Die to that junk, right? It's not easy. I mean, Jesus said, if your hand offends you, cut it off. We didn't mean get an ax and cut your hand off, but he said it's going to hurt that bad to say no to some stuff that your flesh really wants to do. So, um, in Romans chapter 16, it says here, um, verse 17 and 18, Paul said, Now I beseech you, or I beg of you, brethren, mark those which cause divisions and offenses contrary to the teaching which you have learned and avoid them. Here he comes back to teaching again. For they that are such serve not our Lord Jesus Christ, but their own belly or their own appetites. And these people, by good words and fair speeches, deceive the hearts of the simple. Say good words. Say fair speeches. What are these good words and fair speeches trying to do? Get people away. 
from the teachings that Paul gave them to get people away from the truth. The enemy is not, he's not dumb in the sense of knowing how we operate, knowing uh, you know, about certain things. He's been around millennia more than, years than we have, so he knows a lot more than us. Don't ever try to sit down and have an intellectual fight with the devil. The only way you're going to overcome temptations of the enemy and lies of the devil is because you know this truth right here. And the author of this book has been around a lot longer than the devil. So if you will find out what God said, you will overcome him every time. If you'll use the word of God. But I thought that was interesting. Good words and fair speeches. So really, what should we be on guard for? Good stuff and fair stuff. Right? Stuff that even the, the people that are speaking, they may not even know what they're doing. And you have to watch out. I'm mostly concerned about what people are listening to. Because teachings will change you. Are you listening? They'll change you. I listen to, you know, Keith Moore. I listen to Brother Kenneth Copeland. I listen to Jerry Savelle. I listen to Jesse Duplantis. You know, there's, there's a handful of people I listen to, but there's another 200 people out there that are amazing and powerful that I, if I listen to them, it would start to pull me off of my particular race that the Lord wants me to run. You know, dentist, brain surgeon, plumber, electrician. Well, if you want to be a good electrician, you better not spend half your time reading books on plumbing. Accept your place. Don't feel like you have to have your foot in everything. That's actually childish. I want the red ball. No, I want the green ball. I want the yellow ball. I want the blue ball. Which is it? I want them all. I want them all. And then something over here. Wah! And then something over here. Woo! It's like, that's okay if you're a legitimate baby. If you're a legitimate toddler, that's okay. 20 years later after going to church, that's not okay. You know, the Bible talks about the army of God not breaking rank. Did you ever read that in the book of Joel? They, they didn't break rank. It's so important. I mean, the Bible refers to all kinds of soldier talk. The Bible says, what, what does it say in Timothy? That um, a good soldier is, is not to be entangled in the affairs of this life, that he may please him who has called him to be a soldier. In other words, we don't live civilian lives like everybody. We're in the kingdom of God. We've got a really short time. Come on, the... the, the the night comes when no man can work. We got a job to do. And growing up spiritually helps these things to become more and more clear to us. Now, if Satan can't get you to backslide completely, he'll try to get you away from your original place. And he's very subtle. Um, I wanted to say this. We, we got to wrap it up here pretty quick, but... Um, a lot of times, younger Christians and younger believers, they're, they'll, they'll be where they're supposed to be, doing what they're supposed to be doing, honing in on the plan of God for their life. But all of a sudden, a charismatic personality will pop up in a different camp, which is great and fine and wonderful. And they'll gravitate toward that. And they'll, they'll, be, more, they'll be more excited with the charisma than the character. You know, it takes a while to see the character of somebody unless the Spirit of God reveals it to you. And the Lord revealed this to me too. A lot of times people are very gifted, but they don't go very far. Does everybody ever wonder why? I mean, you've heard, you've seen people that are so gifted in certain things, but they don't go very far. 
Well, it's because God doesn't promote people with charisma. He promotes people with character. Amen. Are you following? Giftings are amazing. Charisma is wonderful. But really, God's interested in character. Gifting's easy. It's an empowerment from God. But character is something that has to be developed in all of our lives. Character is what will promote you. In other words, God can trust you when you have character, not just because you have charisma. So in summation, I, um, I think next week we might, if the Lord leads, actually, you might be taking next week, huh? Carla has something really burning on her heart that I think we're really, we've got to get the word out because super good from what I've heard already. Um, but next time I'm teaching on a Wednesday night, I almost feel like we need to talk a little bit more about discerning good and evil in this area of, of growing up spiritually because we were just driving to church tonight and I have to watch out because I, I just, I just want to say sometimes, what? You, you got to be kidding me. You think that's okay? You, you're actually okay with that? And I have to watch out because I realize I've been in the Bible for 37 years every day of my life, pretty much. I've been studying and praying and seeking these things, teaching these things, you know, over and over and over again. I have to watch out about thinking that, you know, everybody should be where I'm at in this. But it's coming to a time right now, there's some lights need to go on in believers because there's a lot of acceptance of evil in Christians' lives simply because they haven't grown up enough to see how evil it really is. The Bible says in Hebrews chapter 5, strong meat belongs to those who are of a full age, even those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. I'll tell you one main reason why a lot of Christians are still struggling with habits and, and you know, all, all kinds of stuff. One reason they're still struggling is because they don't abhor it. You ever read a scripture where it says abhor, abhor that which is evil, cleave to that which is good? Well, you're not going to abhor something that feels wonderful, but God says is evil until you grow up and realize, no, wait a second. This can feel amazing, but absolutely be an abomination at the same time. Did you ever read in Proverbs chapter 6? It says, six things the Lord hates, yea, seven that are an abomination to him. You ought to read that list sometime in Proverbs chapter 6. Seven things that are an abomination to the Lord that a lot of people today don't consider an abomination at all. They're falling in it all the time, don't really care too much, not repenting, big deal, we all fall. The more you grow spiritually, the more evil bothers you. Um... There's an interesting scripture also in Proverbs. It says, it is an abomination for kings to commit wickedness. Now, the reason a lot of people are committing wickedness is because they don't see that they're royalty. They don't see. It's almost like it needs to get to where sin is like cow manure. <laughs> You know what I mean? If you don't see it as cow manure, you'll probably hang around it. But it's almost like, but the more you see yourself clean and white and royal by the blood of Jesus, the more you don't want to walk through the mud. A lot of people have a hard time, a lot of Christians have a hard time with sin because they don't hate it. 
But Jesus, Hebrews chapter 1, says he loved righteousness. In other words, Jesus loved what was right. And it says he hated iniquity or perversion or evil. Good Christians hate some stuff. Not people, but sin. Are you kidding me? And I like David. He said, I hate, I, basically he's saying he hated the devil with perfect hatred. Good Christians. See, I don't, there are some Christians that have not developed enough to realize that Jesus did not just teach uh, love, acceptance, and forgiveness. He taught repent. That's right. Right, right. He preached repent. He preached, you know, <laughs> you guys need me. You know, you need to repent. And yes, he preached love. But, you know, so many people started off great, but then they stopped listening to the teachers God told them to listen to. They started opening their ears to other philosophies and other things. And today they're questioning whether the Bible is even true or not. And it's because they, they got infected by winds of teaching. It got into them and they got defiled and now they're messed up. And if people keep going that direction, it could be really bad. One of the worst things that could ever happen to you is for you to open up to wrong teaching. I think Pastor Mark Hankins said one of the, some of the greatest people in your life is those who will feed your faith. I mean, did we, you see, te- Kenneth Hagin always used to say this, and I, I didn't realize it to the depth of it till recently. He said, if you want to be strong, if you want to be in faith, if you want to be healed, if you want to prosper, if you want to grow properly as a Christian, you better be very cautious about what your environment and your associations and your teachings are. Because that will change you. It will change you from what you were to what those teachings want you to be. I am... Um, I, I tell my staff a lot here at the church, I, I have joy in a lot of things with my staff and with the church and all that's going on in the church. I, but I tell my staff, I just told somebody uh, yesterday, I think it was, in, in our, our, our office area for work, one of the greatest joys of my heart is when people tell me, oh, I'm reading a Kenneth Hagin book. I'm like, Glory. To God. Why? Because Kenneth Hagin's our spiritual father. He, he is, you know, within this group, this, this family, this tribe, if you will. Praise God for all 12 tribes, right? We got a tribe. And uh, I'm so thankful for the Word of Faith tribe. And I'm so pleased when somebody says, you know, I've been listening to Keith Moore. It's like, yes. Yes. Now, see, the reason I'm so happy about that is because that's the vein of this ministry. Nothing wrong with other teachings, nothing wrong with other veins, unless they're just unbiblical and ungodly. But one of the greatest joys I have is to hear my staff saying, yeah, I've been listening to a Kenneth Copeland meeting, or I've been listening to a, you know, a Jerry Savelle, or, or Kenneth Copeland, or Kenneth Hagen, or Keith Moore, or Mac Hammond, or, you know, I'm so blessed to hear. And I'm not saying it's wrong to hear something else, but man, when it comes to feeding, and when it comes to most of our time, you're going to find that when you find out where God wants you, you're not going to have time for all this other great, wonderful teaching because it's not conducive with your particular race in God. I can tell when people slip. I can tell when people start to drift. And it's right after they're opening up to other teachings. 
And, and it bothered me. N- not that I thought they were hearing any blasphemy. It wasn't that I think they were going to you know, lose their salvation or anything. But I knew they were drifting from the calling that they originally had. I knew that they were drifting from the, the place that was original for them. And it, just, it was kind of sad because you just you want people to reach their full potential. And sometimes you don't reach your full potential when you drift from original callings and original places and original veins of teaching. And I mean, I'm sure, Carla, you and I could probably find a thousand amazing teachers right now. But you know what the Bible says? Though you have 10,000 instructors in Christ, you have not many fathers. And Paul said, I have begotten you through the gospel. They had it back then. Paul said, yeah, there's a thousand teachers, but you need to remember your spiritual heritage and realize that it's not wrong and you're not being ripped off from staying where you belong. Under the teachings you know were designed for you and your race and your calling on this planet. Let's stand up. All right. Father, we just thank you for your word for your help, for your mercy, and for your grace. And Father, we pray that we ourselves and those within Faith Heights Church, that we would stand perfect, complete, and spiritually mature. Help us, Lord, to stand perfect, complete, and spiritually mature in all the will of God. We believe it's working in us, Lord, and we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. For more information about this ministry, visit faithheights.org. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram. To sow into this ministry, visit faithheights.org and click on the Donate tab. 